In this episode of the Church Security Roll Call, we're going to be discussing tactical training. Stay tuned. Hi, this is Chris with Sheepdog Church Security, and this is your Church Security Roll Call. Today, we're going to be discussing the article, A Drilled Response. If you'd like to read that article, go to our website, sheepdogchurchsecurity.net, and look under the News tab. So let's start in the Bible. This one is Judges 20, verse 16, and it reads like this. Among all this people, there were 700 chosen men left-handed. Every one could sling stones at a hair's breadth and not miss. Great verse for us. Basically, good advice. We all need to get to the range so we could uh, sling those stones, if you will, at a hair's breadth or in air in a hair breath anyway <laughs> get to the range all right so this is something that we need to talk about and it's basically the importance of drills and importance of training going to the range getting all that stuff practicing to the point of um, muscle memory so that's what we're going to be discussing today before I continue I want to remind you to share this video with friends with staff with um, people on your team and then get the show notes so you can discuss where you know kind of have that discussion about where is your team where's your church today and where do you want to be in the future and how you might want to put together some you know some drills and some range days and all that good stuff so let's begin in the bible uh, this one is living uh, livingston um, parish louisiana uh, the sheriff's office in living Parish offers tactical training classes to church safety and security teams in the parish. The instructors all post, that's police officer standards and training certified. Um, the course includes a scenario-based simulation training and classes are at the parish training center. So there's a lot of departments that are starting to do this, different counties, different police departments. They really are understanding the risks that houses of worship are under, and they're willing to help out. And it's just a matter of asking and uh, seeing if you know enough people ask, uh, they might offer something like that. Next one is Has, Has, oh, oh, well, good. Hazlitt, Texas. Probably saying that wrong, sorry for you in Texas. This is the summer 2019. A church campus um, in Hazlitt um, is the site of a tactical training for church safety teams. Various, uh, various active shooter scenarios are acted out using guns with blanks. Also practiced are armed un, uh, unarmed self-defense and control and arrest techniques. Once again, another county, another place that's offering this kind of training. If you live close to these, you might want to look into it if you already don't know about it. If not, get into it. All right, next, uh, Westchester, Ohio, November 2017, mass shooting in places of worship has led to more churches using armed safety volunteers. Several team members from churches in the Westchester area are enrolled in monthly tactical training, including containment and engagement. Great stuff. Uh, Krugerville, Texas, uh, January 2020, a building in the business district of Krugerville, or Krugerville, um, host classes in church security. In addition to instruction, uh, this includes role-playing and scenario um, enactments. Great stuff. Also covered our use of force laws, 
Skills, uh, skill sets include unarmed defense and control, verbal de-escalation, active shooter um, situations. A number of the churches have teams trained with increase, um, has increased in November 2017 Sutherland Springs Massacre. So, you know, a lot of people are waking up to this, which is really good, and looking for this Texas, um, looking for this training. Also, Colorado Springs, Colorado, June 9, 2020. Live drills with fake guns are used by the Mountain Springs Church in training uh, its safety team. This training also includes discussions on what level of force is needed. So this is your shoot and don't shoot. All very good examples of just the increasing amount of resources that are out there to help safety teams develop their skills. You know, these kind of, you know, when you're talking about tactical situations, when you're talking about an active shooter scenario, um, you either need to be very lucky or very good. And um, I would rather be very good. <laughs> so make your own luck by getting out there doing this kind of training. Now you, you have to measure this against all the other training that you need to get done as well. And um, so, you know, we got to find balance. The other thing that you have to keep in mind is, is really there's two, there's two powers or two things kind of competing against each other. Number one, you want to be highly trained and highly prepared for these types of events. Extremely important. But on the other end of that, what's pulling against that is really the time of our volunteers. You know, how much training um, should they expect? How much training should they experience? You know, they need to know up front what's going to be expected of them. And also, too, you have to kind of watch um, burnout. You can really train too much. It is possible to train too much. Not in the sense that you're getting better and better. You know, on that end, there is no such thing as too much training. Train all you want. Train as frequently as you want. But realize that not everybody might have the same motivation level that you have. And so you have to then consider, okay, what's going to be our minimum standard? And how can we encourage people to train even more and more and more? So I, I hope that kind of makes sense for you. I think some of you that have led teams for a while, you understand that you have probably a 20% of your team, maybe 50% of your team somewhere in there. You have some very highly motivated people. They want to go to the range. They want to do these tactical shoots. They want to learn how to clear rooms and all this, you know, SWAT stuff. And that's great, you know, and you're running with them and taking them as far as they're wanting to go and willing to go with you. Then you have usually a greater group of people that have more limited time. And so with them, that's where we get into what is the minimum standard. You shouldn't require super high standard for or you may lose over half your team. And maybe, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe your team is so large you can lose half and not have a problem. But I'm thinking that most churches that I talk to, it's so hard to get good people on the safety team. And so we have to be careful. But anyway, that's not even the point that I really wanted to make today. Really the point I want to make today is just how important drills are and how important scenario-based training is. It's extremely important and we need to be doing this with our team. You know, unlike soldiers or even police officers, you know, they're, when you become a police officer after you get through the academy or or however you get hired and you get trained on, then you're doing those kind of things for 40 hours 
a week, right? You're answering calls, you're interacting with people, you're, you're developing your verbal de-escalation skills, hopefully. You occasionally have to put your hands on somebody and you're dealing with them and you gotta get, get handcuffs on them. You know, you're involved in these kind of scenarios, these kind of situations that keeps that training going and that keeps it up. And really that's why, to some extent, police officers can just have, kind of review these things every once in a while in order to keep them on the right path because you can actually start to deviate off the right path and start doing things improperly. And that's why you have that regular training. Unfortunately for church safety teams, for the most part, depending on where you're located, but for the most of us, we go to church you know, week after week after week after week and nothing occurs. It's just patrolling the grounds, paying attention, maybe a medical here and there, maybe some somebody misbehaving or out in the parking lot that shouldn't be there, but for the most part, it's pretty slow. And and so it's we don't get that continued practice that is so important. And that's why you as the leader or you as the team member influencing the leader, you want to start setting up some basic scenario-based training to keep you sharp. That's part of this whole program here. Well, this is obviously not drills and it's not scenario-based training, but it's about continuing the conversation because just mentally preparing and talking about these things goes a long way to keep you and your team sharp. But getting back into these situations, these trainings that we want to create, what we want to do is we want to make these trainings as realistic as possible. Um, one of the problems with the training with those police departments or those sheriff's offices is that you're going to a facility that's not yours. And so what happens is you might learn the general things that you need to learn uh, about, you know, going around a corner or going through a door, that kind of stuff. But it's, it's not your building. The best place to train is on your grounds, in your building. One of the things I recommend to people in our active shooter response course is just how important it is to basically get a starter pistol and or some dummy pistol that the bad guy can have, all right? If, it, if it's like a starter pistol and it makes noise, even better. Um, next thing you need is you need two airsoft guns. I like airsoft guns over any other type of training weapon because it's easy to clean up. Airsoft, you shoot a little BB, white BB, plastic BB, and even though you do your best to clean them all up, there will be one laying out there somewhere, but at least it's not paint on the wall. It's nothing that has to be cleaned up. It can be swept up, it can be picked up. It's easy to, um, easy to fix that mess. And then of course, any protective gear that's required for the bad guy. So this is what I do. The bad guy is wearing thick clothing because those little BBs can hurt. Um, they're thicker clothing for protection. They're wearing some sort of face shield for protection and then they have the starter pistol that makes noise but nothing else. Then I train two guys at a time, two team members at a time responding with those airsoft pistols. Then when they find, you know, they hear the gunshot, they go move tactically into that area, they engage the bad guy, they shoot until the bad guy goes down and then um, of course they never go down. Um, that's why the bad guy only has a starter pistol. He's not shooting white pellets at them because we don't want to train people to die. But anyway, my point is 
That's all the equipment you need. And then you and your team can go to the church and run different scenarios. Now, I could give you some ideas here, but really the main point is this. Put the bad guy in different places throughout the church. Have the team then respond from wherever they would normally be during their patrol to that location to neutralize the bad guy. It's as simple as that. And as you're running that kind of drill with your people and you're watching, they're evaluating how they're moving towards the bad guy and, and are they doing what they need to do to keep themselves safe while stopping the bad guy, that's what all you need to evaluate. During that, other things will kind of come up as ideas for you to try something different. And now the idea here is not to confuse or trick your safety team members. Instead, what you're trying to do is throw them a curveball or two. After they've established the basics, you can start throwing little curveballs to them as long as those curveballs were things that were discussed. So I would, I would not, for an example, create a hostage situation where the bad guy is holding somebody at gunpoint, you know, and if you hadn't covered that kind of scenario and what to do. You see what I'm saying? So we're throwing them curveballs, but we're not trying to trick them. We're trying to train them for different things and then test that, what they've been trained. And so, but the idea still is to get some variety in there. Have some shoot-don't-shoot scenarios. A bad guy could theoretically throw his pistol down, right? And so you can have that as a situation because it's so important that we teach our guys that not all, all scenarios end with you killing the bad guy. Some of them are going to end differently. The bad guy might commit suicide. The bad guy might run out of the building. The bad guy might... Uh, give up, toss down their weapon and give up. There's different things that a, the bad guy could blow up. You know, there's different things that occur, can occur. And so we want to make sure that we're training them to deal with what they see when they get there. Anyway, that's mostly, I've been mostly talking about active shooter and there's so much more. You know, fire drills, um, domestic disturbances where it's just verbal de-escalation. Um, storm drills, you know, tornado warnings or whatever you, is hurricane or whatever you got going on in your part of the country, what do you need to practice with, with staff and volunteers? Um, medical emergencies, um, lost child, abducted child, those kind of things. We need to be practicing these kind of stuff. And this is where, this is where, this is where things really start to happen, I guess is what I'd like to say. You know, we offer our training. It's 16 hours. It's an open enrollment. I'll talk about that in a minute. But, and that's a good solid foundation to get everybody on the same sheet of music because it's all about those procedures. We're training people in intellectually um, what they need to know on how to respond to these things. And that's the first most, first step. Then after that, you want to start practicing what you're doing in this scenario training, in these drills. And that's where you really start figuring things out. You know, I'll just give you a good example. Let's say you put together an evacuation plan. Awesome. You can use an evacuation plan for all kinds of things, right? You can use it for fire. You could use it for a gas leak. Um, you could use it for... Um, um, active shooter, you know, an evacuation is an evacuation with the exception of an assembly area for fire. 
and no assembly area for active shooter. But the point is, is you're practicing getting people out of the building as fast as possible. Well, you could get your floor plan and draw those little arrows and make your best guess on what those best routes are going to be. But it's when you run the drill itself that you start to realize, whoa, we got too many people trying to cram through this door. Or we're having some serious problems with people going down this hall because we like to stare, you know, store tables and chairs in there. So are we going to divert them or are we going to start cleaning up the mess in the hallway that's been the storage area for you know, 20 years? You know, these decisions have to be made and you start to fine tune what you're doing. The same thing happens with active shooter. As you're practicing these drills, you're discovering things like, wow, it's hard to get across this large room with no cover and concealment to engage a bad guy. How are we going to solve this problem? Or you start to identify where are the best places as you're moving through the church different areas. You're going to identify places of cover. You're going to find places of concealment that work well. And so anyway, you, you kind of get my point. It's once you start doing the drills and scenarios that things really start coming together. Not only that, you continue to build that teamwork and understanding of each other. A good example might be maybe somebody moves really slow. No, no problem with that. You know, it could be mobility issues for whatever reasons. But you don't know that until you start training and you realize, hey, I can't. If I'm working with this guy, everyone on the team learns, if we're working with this guy, I either need to start moving slower or somebody else is going to have to help me engage this, you know, take care of this situation or, or whatever it is. You know, this is, these are the important little details that you learn in scenario-based training. So I've rambled on a little bit. I want to take a minute and tell you guys that um, you got to read this article. You really have to go over, read the article, get over there. He's, Wesley did extremely good job on giving you a lot to think about, the, about putting these drills together. The other thing that he brings up is I had an interview with Carl Chen. And uh, you can look on our YouTube page and look for a special interview with Carl Chen. And he talks about the sights and smells of an active shooter situation um, in in the movie theater, the Batman Returns movie. I think it was Batman's Returns. But anyway, it's in there. And he talks to he talked to somebody who put together a presentation and just talked about the absolute chaos and what it was like to work there. And that's part of it too, is mentally preparing to see, smell, hear all the sights and all that kind of stuff going on. But definitely check out that video. Definitely check out Wesley's article. And then finally, what I want to let you know is this. It's open enrollment right now. And what that means is this. We start our first online training event on uh, September 11th. And for the next two weeks, until September 4th, 2022, um, it's going to be at a special discount. So our individual, if you're just on your own, you're taking it, our individual goes from $85 to $50. And you get invited to all these online training events that I'm hosting, plus you have your own account. So if you want to train on your own or you miss a class, you can simply jump on your student account take uh, and then watch the exact same videos. You just don't get to see me. And then when you're done with that, you take the test. If you pass the test, you're certified with us for two years. 
The other thing, of the team safety member certification. So this is for people with larger teams and you're looking for a training solution that includes other staff and volunteers. It's normally $595, so basically $600. It's 50% off, so it's $297.50. And this allows you those Zoom meetings with me, which we already talked about. It gives you seven student accounts with an ability to add more. It allows you for church-hosted training. And probably the most important part is this, is it includes training for staff and other volunteers. So imagine your children's ministry. They probably want to take part in the child protection course or and the fire. And then maybe your ushers, door greeters, and people like that, they need to take some of these courses, maybe verbal de-escalation, I don't know. But that's something that you have as an option. You can train everybody. And that's really, that's really when things start happening. When everyone's trained, when the pastor knows what's going on and the, and the elders and, and the other employees there and other volunteers and, and door greeters and all those people understand what to do in different situations, that's when you really start to get a very, very safe church because everyone's prepared for all these different kinds of events. So this is the time to jump on, mostly, you know, because it's on discount, but also too, September 11th, I start these classes and we do one every single week until all eight courses are done. And then we start with quarter two or we start all over again. And so you got four opportunities. If you get that team one, you're, you got four opportunities to get people trained. And so hopefully we get everybody <laughs> in that time frame. So anyway, definitely check out. I also want to say one other thing while I still have you is this, is we came out with our new mass trauma uh, module. It's really great. We actually got an extremely glowing review from a doctor. He's a physician slash surgeon is the way he described himself. And he said it was an awesome course. And it had it covered things that he hadn't seen before in and, you know, those kind of stop the bleeds or, you know, those other kind of things. It was kind of, he just loved how we combined so many different elements together to make sure that people like you were completely prepared for a mass, mass trauma event at your house of worship. So it was nice from a surgeon. That's good. That made me feel good. My researchers do good work, apparently. So anyway, thank you so much for being here today. And uh, please like, share, comment. I'd love to hear what you're thinking and uh, jump over onto the website and register. This, like I said, we're super cheap right now, like way cheap, and uh, we start soon. So thank you so much. Let's be careful out there. This program is made for informational purposes only and should not be taken as legal advice.